Good morning, everyone. My friends, last week, you might recall, uh, Jesus took an opinion poll from his friends. He asked his friends, what are the others in the community saying about me? And Peter gave his responses, to which Jesus said, nope, it's none of those things. So he says, what do, what do you say? And Peter said, you are the Son of God, the Messiah. And Jesus said, people didn't tell you that, but my Father did from heaven. And um, for that, Jesus elevates him to a position of prominence amongst the apostles and for our church and in the kingdom. Today's gospel is just the same afternoon, but maybe 10 miles down the road, if you will. And Jesus also speaks another truth to Peter, one given by his father, and it is not well received by any of the apostles, and Peter certainly doesn't like it. Jesus tells them that he is going to suffer greatly and be killed. He says, I will suffer. There will be agony. There will be death. But there will be resurrection. We know this as the Paschal mystery. And Peter is not having it. And uh, I've been telling people, I wouldn't want my best friend to have to suffer. I wouldn't want my best friend to be murdered. I wouldn't want my best friend. And I would probably use all my resources to try and change that. But Peter doesn't understand. And uh, out of concern for Jesus, he says, Oh, heaven forbid this should happen to you. And, uh, but Peter doesn't just stop there. We are told he takes Jesus aside and yells at him, chastises him, disagrees with him. And the Lord came down pretty hard on Peter, telling Peter that he is a hindrance. Uh, the Greek word is scandalon. Scandalon means a rock a tripping rock. I tripped on the rock. Remember last week, Jesus says, oh, you're the rock of faith. And now 10 miles down the road, oh, Peter, you are a stumbling rock to me now. And uh, you are trying to get me to not do my father's will. No doubt Peter was not at all comfortable with that moment, I'm sure. One of Jesus' own best friends, one close to him, was being disagreeable and unwilling to accept this truth, this teaching. Now, my friends, it was no secret that many of the others, the Pharisees and scribes, did not like Jesus. They couldn't stand him, uh, even to the point that they began to plot his death because of what he was saying. They could not accept the truths that Jesus was teaching. And, of course, Jesus remained faithful to his Father, speaking the truth, and Jesus did not worry about his personal popularity he did not worry about his reputation being lost, and he was not even concerned that he would lose friends, and he would. Remaining faithful to his father and committed to the mission given him would bring him under great attack. In fact, ultimately, if you look behind me at the crucifix, that is what the result was for Jesus for speaking his father's truth, which was love. He spoke about love. But it was a truthful type that he spoke about. Our first reading talks about another one of the prophets of God who is also treated horribly by society, remaining committed to God's words. Now, in that moment, we also hear Jeremiah. Um, what, was he, what was he saying to the people that made them so angry? Here's what he said to them. The Lord God is warning you that if you don't repent from your ways and return to him, Return to the faith of the fathers uh, that your fathers taught you, disaster would strike. And 
no matter, uh, they didn't want to hear this. The people didn't want it. Their corrupt leaders didn't want to hear it. The king didn't want to hear about it. And we hear about that moment when uh, Jeremiah, he's been beaten up so much, he just doesn't want to do it. He's like, I'm, we heard it. I'm not going to talk about God anymore. I'm not going to deliver his message. No, no, no. I ain't doing it. But then burning within him was this truth. Burning within him is this word. And no matter what, he, he couldn't hide anymore, and he finally had to let it out. Not just anything, the truth. So he did, in the end, start speaking again to the people. And my friends, you know what they did to him? They, they tried to silence him. He wouldn't be quiet. They, tried, uh, they spread lies about him. They accused him of crimes and sins that he never did. They imprisoned Jeremiah. And when that didn't work, they tossed him into an old well filled with mud and left him there to die. Do you know what kind of well that was? It's known as a cistern. They threw him in the toilet, their toilet, and hoped he would die. And uh, I laughed because <laughs> you would think that God sent a ladder to get him out of there. No. But God gave him great grace to continue what needed to be done. He didn't remove that suffering from him. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. God continued to give Jeremiah the grace and courage to speak. This experience of speaking God's truth, even at great personal cost and sacrifice, is theologically speaking the meaning of Jesus' cross. So when Jesus says, you will have to deny yourself and pick up your cross, this is what he is talking about. He's talking about, because of me, you will suffer. And my friends, um, in life there is suffering and it arises. And Jesus invites his followers to take up this cross, but... I know that there are other types of burdens in this world. These burdens are different for different people. We experience suffering in various ways. There's depression and loss of hearing, of sight, death of a friend, a parent, a husband, a wife. There's job loss. There's all kinds of uncertainty. There's just so much. And suffering is inevitable in this world. How I can't control it, you can't control it. I had cancer twice, I can't control if I'm going to have it again a third time. What I can do is I can control my response. That is what we can control. You can control, if someone's persecuting you, how you're going to respond to that. You can respond to suffering, but it's in your ability to control that. And Jesus, here is the truth, Jesus wants us to deal with suffering with faith. And he desires us to enter into it with faith. And my friends, here's the truth. God uses human lives to change us and our world. Look what he did with the apostles. He does that with you. You may not think so, but he does. We cannot fix human suffering or wipe it away completely. And God does not take our pain away, but opens doors for us so that we can learn and to embrace the reality of this world and to walk in light and faith. That is what we can control. Jesus, as well as the other prophets that came before him, he is God, he is the greatest of them, the one that the Father sent, was not willing to compromise on the truth. The church must follow this example of Christ and be committed and have fealty and commitment to the Father and to the teachings of Jesus Christ 
and to continue to teach these truths of the gospel even when our society does not want to be part of it, even when it does not like it. St. Paul in the second reading told those people, it sounds different, but when you read it, he's telling them, do not conform your ways to that of the tribes around you. You have been called out to do different. So you're not to act as they do. And you're not to accept their opinions. You don't have to be at war with them, but you don't have to accept their opinions. And uh, my friends, the church is to be an extension of Christ's own love. This is the other truth. We are to be an extension of Christ's love in the world. And so the church, out of love and with love, must teach God's truth, no matter what. Mother Church cannot hide or change its tune according to what is popular today or because of what society says is most important. The Pope and all the bishops must continue to teach the truths given by Christ about morals and ethics in this world, even if the society will not accept it, even if they say it's horrible. And my friends, when the church teaches about the objective immorality of things such as human cloning, capital punishment, abortion, euthanasia, also known as assisted suicide, and other things the church is mistreated and called bigoted. Because I'm a Catholic priest, I have been called a bigot. Society will say, your church is closed-minded. That's what they said about me. You're a closed-minded person. And I am not. I've been accused of being archaic, and I've also been accused by society of being irrelevant. There's a few other things that they called me, which are not true either. And this happens not only from people outside the church, but by members of our own communities. And despite persecutions, the church is to love all of God's people. These are the other truths that Jesus has taught. We Christians are not to tell people that God hates them. That is a lie. You will not find that in the scriptures. God hates sin, but he does not hate people. He loves all of his creation. And we are to teach that and to tell people that. We cannot pretend that destructive patterns and moral choices are not that. We must speak the truth. That is a destructive thing, brother, that you're doing. And in the scriptures, under discernment, falls judgment. We make judgments all the time. Condemnation is forbidden. Jesus says, leave that to my Father. But we do discern things. We do judge things. When we have right morality, we can come to the right decision. But we are not to condemn people. The church also insists and teaches other truths that never make the headlines in papers, such as the great love of Jesus for everyone. Anyone who will come to him, he will accept. He never leaves you where you are. He always wants to take you to somewhere better. All of us. We are all to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is a teaching of Jesus. That is a teaching of our church, and we got to speak about that more. Jesus taught us that we must pray. Everybody. Not just the monks, not just the sisters, not just the priests, not just the choir. My friends, Jesus taught us to pray. Jesus taught us to have responsibility for 
helping the poor. So you heard St. Vincent de Paul. This is the arm of the church that helps the poor. And they do that, and we help support them. But that does not alleviate your ability. You must help also. So I tell people, when I go to Seattle, I can't make it from one end of the block to the other without at least 50 people asking me for money. You know, for sure. So what do I do? I can't control them asking. I control my response. I don't bring money with me. So that when they ask me, do you have any money? I can say, no, I don't have any money. But I will pray for you, and I will ask God to resolve your situation. I don't ask them how they got there. They don't, that's not for me. But my friends, what I've learned also when it comes to the homeless is to look at them. Do not look away from them as if they don't exist. That is hurtful. They're used to no. Sir, do you have any money? No? Okay. But look at them. I see you. I acknowledge you. I will pray that whatever's going on will get better for you. That is what you can do. Because people are like, well, I don't have enough money. Okay. All right. But you can do. There's things you can do. We are to help the sick. Jesus also taught that you are not supposed to gossip. But I know many Christians that do. Gossiping kills people's reputations. Jesus said, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kill. So stop gossiping. Stop lying. Jesus said, don't lie. But I know many Christians do. Jesus also spoke against racism. You are not to discriminate because of someone's skin color and hair color and the way they talk. But I think Christians sometimes do. You guys know what I'm getting at? There are many things that Jesus taught that he asked of us. That maybe seems very, very difficult. Christians are to practice self-control. There's a lot of you that don't, because I know, because I'm, get your emails. <laughs> We're to work for true peace. We're to work for true justice in the world. We are to respect and treat people with respect. We are to respect the earth. I let Francis handle that part. He's all about the earth. I let him handle that. I'm concerned about how Christians treat others. Christ said, you will love other people. I know many Christians that don't. You don't have to be everybody's best friend, but you do not have to hate. This is also a teaching of Jesus Christ, who is Lord and Savior. My friends, Christ is coming again. And to those who will courageously follow him and embrace his truths and trust in his ways, he will give them graces and blessings. In fact, he gives eternal life. His disciples will have to share in sufferings of different things. There is no escaping that. But we will share his sufferings. We will share in his sacrifice. But he said, you will share in my glory also if you do this. My friends, I've been posing different things because people find I don't, sometimes they don't understand how they think. Well, Father, I'm absolutely against any person destroying life in the womb of a human being. Okay. But I want them to kill that murderer who's in prison. No. Both of them are murder. Both of them are taking of life. The Old Testament, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is gone. Jesus said no. I tell you, you will forgive your enemy. That is hard. Christians don't like it, but that is the truth of the church. You will forgive. 
Jesus said, stop lying, stop gossiping. People do this online all the time, apparently. They bully. And those people who get bullied commit suicide. Murder. We need to start being wise about all the teachings and start speaking it properly. Now, my friends, the church teaches that each member of the church is to follow their conscience. But as Deacon and I were talking about, the church makes a presumption, an assumption that your conscience is formed properly. So the serial murderer's conscience is not formed properly. And if you only learn from society, your conscience will not be formed properly around morals. All right? My friends, I've been telling people, and this is nothing or nothing new, when I became a priest, there was a group of friends who warned me, if you do this, we will not speak to you anymore. I cannot control them. I can't even control my own life. <laughs> I can't control if cancer is going to come back. But I control how I respond. My response to them, and some of them were at my ordination, they wanted to see. They wanted to see if I was going to make this commitment to that church and stand by that church's rules. And they informed me they would not speak to me ever again. My response was, I love you. I wish God's blessings upon you. May you have a wonderful life. And if you were really my friend at one point in time, you would wish the same for me, even if you choose not to speak to me anymore. There is suffering. There is sacrifice as a disciple. I choose Christ. I choose heaven. I choose eternal life. I choose blessings. But I don't have to hate and I don't have to condemn. I don't have to be at war. I wish them well. All of you can do the same. In fact, Christ commands it. Forgive. Forgive them. And you have to, because if you don't, he said, my dad won't forgive you. <laughs> uh, that gives me great reason to forgive everybody. Everybody's forgiven. Go on your way. <laughs> Go on off to the next city and enjoy your life. And I, it sounds flippant, but I, that's, I don't have to be around you, and I don't have to hate you either. Hmm? This is how the Christians are to think and to work. Jesus' rules are freeing, not people like, oh, you Christians, you have all these rules, aren't it a burden? No, it's a, it's a freedom. Jesus made all the decisions, I just have to stand with it. Even if I don't understand it, even if I don't like it sometimes, I just stand by him, because then he will stand by me. As broken and as, as I can be.